This is a Rooster Teeth production. Nick's, Nick's like, oh, this is good if you can just turn down Jeff a little bit. And then also, don't be near buses. Uh, like, okay. Instead, we're now we're near an air conditioning unit for an apartment complex that is not going to shut off because it's... Uh, unseasonably hot for some weird reason. Based on the noise, though, I'll tell you the reason. Global warming. <laughs> what? Uh, climate what? change. Uh, I mean, like something that really exists. <laughs> on the bright side, uh, based on the noise alone, those people are uh, in for a frosty day. It's true. <laughs> we're, we're out at Batch, which is like a coffee shop and bakery in East Austin. Oh, shit, hold on. Good morning, guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Eric. Uh, I used to live not too far from here. I think this place opened after I moved. It did. I lived, you know, back over uh, in that direction a bit. I'm not going <laughs> to get into detail here. Um, but it's funny to me because... But you don't when, live there anymore. I don't live there anymore. I don't know. I feel weird about whoever does live Outing there. Outing yourself for places. That, yeah. yeah. You used to live in East Austin. We both used to live within... Three blocks of each other? Three blocks of each other and within a reasonable distance of this place. Yeah. And the reason I lived there is that when I, when I was ready to buy a house... I did a search in Austin for, well, you actually told me about this place, but I also did a search in Austin for the cheapest house, like, in Austin proper. <laughs> what? And that was that house. Like, it was the cheapest house in Austin. What were your, what do you consider Austin proper? Like, what we used to define Austin as, which is, like, 35 one, to Mopac. 35, or Mopac to 183 on the east and the north down to yeah. Ben White. Yeah. But, yeah, this was central Austin, and it was the cheapest house in Austin. It was a uh, it was a tiny house. It was really really small, and it was I want to say I paid a hundred and eighty thousand dollars for it. Wow. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, that same house resold last year for six hundred thousand dollars. I did not sell that house for six hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Whoever bought it after me uh, then sold it for six hundred thousand dollars, which is just a testament to what a rapid change, not only Austin but as a microcosm, East Austin has experienced. Where you know where we are right now, specifically sitting at this coffee shop, it used to be in like the early '90s. You didn't go, like people would always be like, "Don't go east of 35." Yeah, like it was super scary, super sketch, for whatever reason. No, I never thought it was that bad. I thought people overblew that stuff. But that's why you know the cheapest house I could find was over here on the east side, and that was 13 years ago or so, 14 years ago. I bought a house in that neighborhood uh, a little bit before you did. I moved there in 2005. And I bought my house was two eighty at the time, and I think it's and that house was much bigger than the one I bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the Zillow on it is like nine or something now. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's not my house anymore. I bought my first house in Austin in nineteen hundred and ninety nine. Wow! And it was ninety two thousand five hundred dollars. It was East East Riverside. Are you serious? Yeah, I sold it. It's a funny story about why I had to sell it. It got t- it was a whole thing. But uh, I eventually sold it for 145000 wow. in, like, 2010. And now it, I checked it out the other day. This estimate's, like, 580 the, Dude. The interesting thing, when you bought that house, I remember we were talking. We were friends uh, at that point. Yeah, we were friends. <laughs> you, were, uh, you were telling me about buying a house. I'd never bought a house. Uh, I'm a couple of years younger than you. Yeah. And uh, I was wanting to learn about it. And I was amazed at the time at your interest rate on that house. Because it was so good? It was so good. It was such a good rate. I couldn't believe you could get an interest rate that low. Let me blow you away, Eric. Uh-huh. So I, uh, I bought my first house. Uh, I was pretty young. I was 23 years old. And I bought it because I had been in the Army for five years. And so I had uh, 
I could get a VA home loan. It was one of the benefits of joining the military back then. You got Army College Fund, which I didn't use because we started Rooster Teeth, so I didn't need it. And, and kind of and dumb. And kinda, yeah, and I was kind of dumb. And a lot of literacy required. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> and then you also got this thing called the the Veterans uh, uh, Home Loan, which allowed uh, poor soldiers to buy homes at a, at a really good interest rate. How good of an interest rate? You ready for this? Yeah. 7%. What? Yeah, That's what interest so rates were. The average, the national average when I bought my house was 8 to 8.5%. And so when I bought my first house, the interest rate I got was 7%. I think that's what a lot of people forget nowadays. Wow. Is that money became free for so long. Yeah. Like interest rates dropped to near zero after the 2008 yeah. financial yeah. Yeah, crisis yeah, yeah. and then just stayed there and everyone assumed that was the norm. Yeah, seven back then. I was, I was, I was insane. I was, wow. I was in awe of it. That's crazy. My real estate agent had never seen somebody <laughs> my age get a loan that good at the time. Now my current, I mean, my interest rate now is like three percent. Yeah, think. of course. Yeah, yeah. Three, yeah mine's mine's low too. So when you're saying seven, it's like, oh really? But in like 1999 yeah. dollars yeah. and everything, like that's that was that, good. That's pre dot com crash. Yeah, yeah. It's pre nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> a lot happened in a couple of years. We, we, yeah, we were still walking the gates at airports back <laughs> then. <laughs> Hey, talk to me about this for a second, because I'm, I've only recently lived in Austin in probably four years, right, since, like, Batch kind of came in here. I'm confused about the way that there's, like, a delineation between areas of Austin. When people say East Austin, they mean East of 35, yes, but yes. that's that doesn't make any sense to me, because this is East Austin, but how is East if, Austin, Central Austin, like, the... If you want to get... It, it, it all... Like most things in this country, Eric, it goes back to racism. Um, Great. Here we go. Uh... 35, I-35 didn't used to always exist as Interstate 35. Okay. It used to be called, I believe, Front Street. And Front Street was the street that divided Austin into the white part of town and the minority part of town. Jesus. So east of Front Street, which is now east of 35, became the minor, was the, designated the minority part of town. And only white people could live on the west side. So that's why when they built 35, they demolished that street and they built 35 in its place. That's why it remains to this day East and West Austin, yeah. because uh, it was a, a racist delineation. Oh, is that the redlining stuff redlining is all based shit. on that, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I know about that. I didn't. I didn't know that it used to be. Fr- I guess I just never considered it being a different road, right? Yeah. Like it was always it was just before the interstates were yeah. built. Yeah, you know that's uh, that was the, the so, big delineation. That's why there's kind of a movement in like this I-35 expansion uh, and talking about trying to improve Austin, right? To try to bulldoze 35, maybe bury it, and then bridge bridge the the, the two parts of the city together. Yes, they should. Absolutely yeah, totally. should. It, it doesn't make any sense. So, being from San Diego, downtown is downtown, and then a lot of, like, the areas around it are, like, little islands, where they used to be. Like, little islands where you would, like, drive 10 minutes, and then you're in like Mission Hills, and then you keep going and you're in Hillcrest, like in different pockets and everything. Now everything's all bridged together. Austin feels like, well, there's downtown and then everything else. And, and it's very weird because everyone goes, well, yeah, it's, you, well, yeah, we're going to the east side. And it's like, I'm at Violet Crown. I'm downtown. Yeah. I'm downtown. <laughs> I can still see the big buildings. Yeah. 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 What the hell? There's, there's a lot of weird, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say subdivisions, but a lot of weird names for areas or like designations for different neighborhoods that you have to get used to like if you really want to break it down like you could go by like neighborhood name and there's just like so many of those even i don't fucking know all of those yeah but talking about like the change and the transformation of this part of town and even you know to a lesser extent like the division of the town by i-35 it makes me think about all the areas around austin that have seen significant change over the years like i think a lot about south congress (laughs) 
which is a really popular area that a lot of people go to. And what a different place that used to be when I moved here, even before I moved here. Like, um, it used to be that South Congress was a super sketchy part of town. Like Porn theaters and pimps and prostitutes. Yeah, it was porn theaters, you know, sex workers standing on the corner, people selling drugs. And now uh, there's like an Hermes store. There's like trendy <laughs> trendy hotels. Like there's, that, a, there's a Soho house. Yeah, that place has blown up. And I remember, like, it was funny to watch that transformation because when I moved here in 98, they, they, were, they were in the process of pushing all that out. Yeah. Like, all of South Congress was under construction for years when I moved here. It was like, they're basically bulldozing, well, not bulldozing, but they're basically, like, tearing it all up and uh, rebuilding it. And then when it finally reopened, it was, like, a lot of, like, kitschy vintage shops and, like, like no big chains. Just, like, a lot of, like, kitsch and vintage retro stuff. And to try to promote people to come down there, they would do this thing called First Thursday. Oh, I remember First, First Thursday. Thursday. Jeff yeah. and I used to go to First Thursday all the time. You drink for free. Yeah, you would go down to South Congress and all the businesses would have free beer. Wow. It's yeah. being a first be a, member. There would be a keg. <laughs> <laughs> there would be a keg at every like parts and labor, like what? feathers, yeah. just, like, like every little store. Walk store to store. Uncommon drinking objects. Drinking free beers. Yeah. And then just like hanging out to like maybe like eat a little bit of food. Oh. And there was also this other thing that we would do down there, I don't know if you remember this, where Back again in the late 90s, there would be press screenings of movies. Oh, yeah. And they would advertise them in the Chronicle. Like, you would read through the, the classifieds in the Chronicle, and they'd be like, hey, uh, free tickets to see American Beauty or whatever. Man on the Moon. That's yeah. one of the ones we did. Just come down to whatever store at 4 o'clock <laughs> and pick up a what? free pass. And you would go there, and they'd be like, yeah, like at the register, there'd be like a stack of free passes to see this movie a week before it came out. And you'd pick up the pass, and then would be like, go to the Metropolitan Saturday at 2 p.m., and you can watch this movie for free. He's not kidding. And what? we would, and it became such a thing. You know, and Gus and I were poor uh, tech support company employees. Right. So we were looking for anything we could do free. And so we would scour the Chronicle, and then we would go and get tickets. It didn't, it didn't matter if we wanted to see the movie or not. No, it didn't free movie. Care. It was a free movie. It was yeah. a way to spend two hours. We didn't pay money to see a movie for years. And we would stand in line for sometimes an hour and a half to get those passes. And sometimes we wouldn't get them. Sometimes they would, they would give them out. What? Sometimes you'd walk right in and you'd get tickets. Yeah. And then sometimes you'd stand in line for the Blair Witch Project yeah. for an hour and a half and not get a ticket. Although we did get tickets We did get tickets to Blair yeah. Witch. Blair Witch was crazy. That was a crazy screening, too. Like, the line went... It was at the Dobie, and the line went down the street. Yeah. Like, wow. there were two lines going in two different directions, down the street in each direction. And it was it was madness. That, yeah. was, that was the craziest movie of that type that we went to, a press screening that we went to ever go see. I think, and I think we saw, it's weird to even call them press screenings, right? That's like what they were. Reviews. I guess they were, but anybody like, It was go. like they were going to show the movie anyway for press. The reporters so were guaranteed to go in. Yeah. yeah, so then they would put people in there, I guess, so that we saw, you would uh, clap or laugh so that it would have a more positive <laughs> experience for whoever was there from the press to review it. We saw, I'm trying to think of movies we saw, Punisher. We saw Resident Tom, Evil. Resident Evil, the what? Thomas Jane yeah. Punisher. Wait, 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 what year were you guys still doing this? This I'd, this was the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. This saw, is crazy. We saw Tomb Raider. We saw, Doom? We, saw, we saw Doom. We saw South Park. Yeah, we did see South Park. We saw South Park for free. Yeah. What? Uh, there was, um, I think, did we see, I think we even saw, what's it called? Uh, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. That way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think we did. That was, yeah. Wow. We saw Man on the Moon and Jim Carrey was in the theater. He just showed up and sat in the theater a couple rows behind us. Like Austin was, like it, that was the beginning of Austin being... Yeah like, in the national spotlight for being, like, a cool place to go. So whenever we would go to these advanced screens, like, maybe there will be someone in the audience, and that was the time. Like, Jim Carrey was yeah. there. I remember, like, we were convinced when we uh, went and saw South Park 
that uh, Natalie Portman was going to be there because <laughs> she was in town uh, filming uh, Where the Heart Is. Yeah, that's right. That was uh, filming it, here in town. It was a time in Austin. You know, this is obviously before cell phones. Well, not before cell phones, but before smartphones mm-hmm. and social media, where you would get up early on a Thursday. <laughs> this is this was our twenties. We would get up early on a Thursday and drive to the Chronicle to get a Chronicle. Like they would put them out, you yeah. get them there first. So you'd go get a Chronicle from the front of the Chronicle, which is just it's right uh, just over off thirty five. Yeah. yeah, it's right over there, like by the uh, Cube Smart, I think, or whatever it is. It's whatever. not Cube Smart. It's like whatever one of those things are. And uh, yeah, then you'd go. We'd go to like Star Seeds or Magnolia or wherever you liked to go, and then you just pour through it and just circle shit. Oh, fucking mighty mighty Boston's are playing this weekend. <laughs> oh, cool. Gus loves uh, Gus loves. Uh, I do not love, plan. Yeah, I was gonna say I do not love Mighty Mighty Boston. Be very, very like, careful like, there. Gus loves D Plan, so we'll go see them at Emos on Saturday, and then Sunday morning, if we stand in line, maybe we can go see Resident Evil at the movies for free. And yeah, what the fuck? It's like, yeah, you just like all your, your entertainment was literally in those rags. It feels like early two thousands Austin is the eighties everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. We would laugh at news of the weird and misconnections, and yeah, it's like internet content delivered via a print format once a week. It's like, well, all that stuff eventually, you know, took off and became very niche websites that which is became popular. Which is why, to take it back to the current day a little bit, uh, the Austin Chronicle, if you're not from Austin, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but uh, <laughs> the Austin Chronicle, it's like, it's like the San Francisco Examiner. It's like every city's major rag, right? Like, uh, what is it, the one in New York that we got, that we stole the quote from? Uh, for RVB season one. Oh, it was uh, Village Voice. No, oh, that's right, Village Voice. <laughs> it's a funny story about the Village Voice. So uh, when Red vs. Blue season one came out, the DVD they they reviewed it for some reason. I don't think we sent it to them. Yeah, I have no, I, I have no idea how that. they we found it. We didn't send it, no. stuff out, but they reviewed it, and then we went. We did a. It may have been because we did a, a showing at the Lincoln Center. I think we talked about that. Yeah. And uh, the guy, the guy who wrote the article, said like. It's if a bunch of uneducated... I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I don't remember it. And this is some audio texture. This is audio texture. Probably a little... Uh, I'm going to get... This is probably harsher than it than it was uh-huh. in print, but it was essentially like... It's like if a bunch of untalented people tried to make Clerks meet Star Wars. And so we took Clerks meet Star Wars... Clerks oh, meet Star South Wars? Park meets Star South Wars. South Park meets Star Wars. Sorry. South Park meets Star Wars. And we just put that on the cover. You're a... You're geniuses. Yeah. I, I think if I, if I want to expand on the quote a little bit, it was something like, why is it whenever there's a new piece of te- technology involved, the first thing people try to do is create some type of form of South Park meets Star Wars? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's why it, Darren Waters, Village yeah. Voice, it's on the cover of the season one DVD, South Park meets so Star Wars. then somebody showed, some RT fan showed that to that dude years later, and he was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great quote. Thanks. It's a great quote. We really appreciate it. Really sold a lot of a lot of DVDs. So speaking of uh, when I uh, um, gave my two bits on that on that quote, there it made me think about something. Uh, you know, this is what episode four of this podcast. Uh, this is the first episode we're doing since the podcast has been released. Like it's coming out now, and there's a very unintended side effect <laughs> of uh, of making this podcast <laughs> that, that that I've been experiencing lately, which is. The people involved in these stories <laughs> have started texting me with their version and their notes and their corrections, to which I say, get your own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we got a, Gus and I, he's not kidding, Gus and I got a list of, a bulleted list of corrections from Bernie <laughs> after episode one. <laughs> to which I can just say, uh, yeah, make your own podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. 
But it wasn't. There, there've been there've been other people. Yeah, uh, it wasn't who, just him. Yeah, who've uh, who who texted in. <laughs> Uh, their version of stuff, which has been uh, really interesting, but yeah, this is this is our reality. This is, and that's that's what I say. Like I've been reading some of the comments that people leave on the podcast, yeah. and that's you know the thing I try to impress upon them is that this is our point of view mm-hmm. of what happened and, yeah. and these those events. We're not trying to be deceitful or you know, but this is how our interpretation of what happened or what happened through our lens and through our eyes. Yeah, and how it meant to us, right? Mm-hmm. Which kind of colors the way you feel about it or look at it. Totally, and you know, it's a. Uh, the older I get, the more I realize that things are things are very rarely black and white to begin with, you know. And uh, yeah, it's funny you say that. When I was young, I felt. When I was younger, I felt oh, young. I can say that. When I was young, I felt like everything was definitely very black and white. Yes. I think I lived in a world of extremes. It was either yes or no, right or wrong. No. Oh my god. <laughs> and it was like he's really softened up in his old age. Very, very quick to fly off the handle. Like if someone said Killing Eve came out on AMC instead of BBC America, <laughs> that would have set me off back then. Now I'm a lot more calm. The tour guys. It was uh... just the car ride over. It was just Gus going, what was that? <laughs> oh, but it, it's funny how uh, how much you do change. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm definitely much more mellowed out than I was uh, back then. A lot less, a lot less angry. You're a lot less angry for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You. It is. It's weird to think of you as mellowed out. But in the context, this is mellow as a kid. <laughs> in the context of the '90s and early 2000s, absolutely. Oh man, I remember. Like we used to just. Uh, I don't know how we're still alive, honestly. Like thinking yeah. back about some of the shit that we used to do when we were younger, we're obnoxious. like yeah, how obnoxious we were, or like even the way we we would behave when we would go out to like Sixth Street. Like we would spend a lot of time on Sixth Street, like being drunk assholes, like totally obnoxious dickheads downtown. I don't know how I did not get the shit beat out of me every weekend. I think, I I mentioned in maybe the last podcast, the first time I hung out with Gus, really, we ended up going to Casino El Camino. I think from that day on, we probably went to Casino four or five days a week for years after that. Yeah, like we instantly fell in love with each other and that place. And then we were just hanging out there constantly. And uh, Gus is right. We were fucking, I mean, we were were like 25, 26, 27 in uh, terrible just terrible people. I remember I remember we used to do this thing called Punch Club. You know oh, Punch yeah. Club? We saw Fight Club, but we weren't Brad Pitt or Ed Norton. So we had Punch Club, which was you the rule was you could punch each other at not in the face or the dick, but anywhere else once without warning a day. It was just like sucker punching each just other. Just sucker punching each other once places. a day. And the other person couldn't get mad. Is that how it worked? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, I don't think we ever really got mad at each other. No, because no. we always did it right. And it wasn't just you and me. There were like other and people, other friends of ours, and other people that we knew that would also participate in this. But like, I remember one time I punched you at casino. <laughs> it was on like a Friday it was night downstairs in front of the jukebox, like right across from the bar. Yeah, and I, I just he wasn't looking, and I sucker punched him good in the stomach. He doubled over. And within two seconds, the entirety of the bar was around us because they oh. thought we were fighting. Yeah, there's like a circle opened up and it was just like super crowded. The people up top, because you know, there's like upstairs looking down on us, yelling and screaming, and we're like, we're just friends. Like, we're what, okay. What, what's funny is you sucker punched me like right in the stomach. I doubled over, the circle cleared, and as I was hitting the ground, I was already laughing. Yeah. Like I was cracking up at it. <laughs> so then I stood up and I was laughing, and that group of people was so confused about what just happened because yeah. I got punched in the stomach and was instantly laughing but on the floor. Imagine going to Casino El Camino now and just seeing two guys in their 20s and they do that. Like, you would think, oh, they're getting in a fight. Yeah. Automatically, you would think they're getting in a fight. No, yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying those people 
we're stupid or anything. I, mean, I would say we're the stupid ones. Yeah, it totally makes sense that they would think we were fighting. Yeah, that is how a fight starts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yes, you're talking about uh, softening a little bit, and you brought a treat? Oh, um, I was bored yesterday, uh, so I made pies. Uh, <laughs> I made blueberry hand pies. Uh, I'd never what the made. The fuck is a hand pie? It's like a small pie you eat. Like you think about. Oh, is that like the little, uh, like the peanuts ones you would get at the grocery store? Peanuts. Like you know, it'd be like a like. like I'm thinking like Mrs. Baird's. No, well maybe, but it was more like they were. It was like it'd be Linus or Snoopy, and it would be. Like, I don't remember those. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember those. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's. I think that's kind of what this is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another word for this would be kolaches, the thing they sell inside, but we brought our own. Kolaches are not hand pies. Well. Kolaches are typically savory. Okay, they sell sweet kolaches here. Do they? Yeah, yeah. I think technically the savory ones aren't. Are, are the kolaches are usually? I, I read the, about this, and I think Austin's interpretation of kolaches has been wrong the entire time. But who, who cares? So uh, I was bored yesterday, and uh, I never made a hand pie. Uh, and I know blueberries are coming into season now, so I thought, why don't I try to make blueberry hand pies? Um, they're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I ate two of them yesterday. Uh, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I felt like uh, like doing something nice for my wife, and she likes blueberries. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll make you some blueberry hand pies. And I, you know, I worked on them for like an hour and a half, and then they were done, and they were cool. And I took a bite of one. And I was like, yeah, they're they're not that great. <laughs> oh, where do you think they went wrong? Um, I think that I there was a couple of things. I think my work area wasn't big enough. I think I overworked the dough, and I didn't have the like the the sugar crystals to put on the top at the very end. Mm -hmm. So the batter's a little dense and dry, and there's not enough filling. The filling itself is really good, because how can you go wrong with blueberries? Uh, but the, the batter is a little too buttery and a little too overworked. So, so have, I, I, with all that being said, you can, you can have a blueberry hand pie if you want. Thank you. I didn't make you anything. Um, I would like some visual for this. So you're in your kitchen. Are you wearing an apron? No. No? Okay. And you're, you're cooking away. You're, you're working the dough. You're prepping the blueberries. Are you listening to music or a pot? Like, what? Set the scene for me. How does Gus cook? Um, sometimes, usually, yeah, I do listen to music. Normally, I'll put on like '80s or classic rock. Okay. Uh, like streaming. Uh, but yesterday, I didn't for some reason. I, there, there was something about just like the serenity of, like, like it was almost like a Zen state where it's just quiet. Okay. And there was nothing, and I was I was really into that yesterday. Okay, so it was very solid, solicitous, solitudous. They got much softer today. They've been sitting overnight, obviously. So it's not I think it, buttery. I think it's really good. I love it. Could be better. So it's um, it's not bad for a first attempt. But I actually, I actually really enjoy baking quite a bit. I used to do it a lot more. Mm. Uh, I've kind of fallen out of practice, and I think it shows with these. Uh, but I, I want to, I, I do want to try this again. I really like actually making blueberry muffins, mm. and I had some blueberries left over from this. Uh, so I think uh, either later tonight or maybe tomorrow I'll uh, use those leftover blueberries and make some blueberry muffins. Mondays are kind of busy for me. Uh, Mondays are my podcast day. <laughs> I, have, I have podcasts to do today. What so, do you? Oh, you have RT podcasts. Yeah, RT, our other our other podcast. The podcast about current events, not the podcast about the past. When do you record your airplane disaster podcast? That's normally on Wednesdays. Um, we're between seasons right now, so we're uh, okay. we're not doing that. Man, let me tell you, I am. No, this is, that's that's RT podcast story. <laughs> that was that was that was about a, I was about to spill over to uh, it's current, hard, right? current times. Like, yeah, I almost told a sw I got bit by a swan over the weekend, <laughs> but I feel like that's a fish story. <laughs> so, to make eight hand pies, it was um, eight ounces of butter. So basically, every hand pie basically has an ounce of butter or two tablespoons. Oh my god! It was wow, so much butter, and 
like I said, I think it was overworked. I think the crust should have been a bit more flaky. I think the butter melted a little too much, which is why like the dough kind of collapsed and didn't have flakes and layers to it. I'll, I'll do better next time. Jeff, what are you going to bake for the next episode? <laughs> oh, geez. I was thinking about... I'm, I'm really into blueberry muffins. I was thinking about... <laughs> I'm going to try my hand at some blueberry muffins. Oh, it's hard to get better than a blueberry muffin in the muffin world. And blueberries are just coming into season right now. I've been thinking... I just of, bought some. Yeah. I've been thinking about going to, to pick blueberries, actually. There's a place... Um, like between here and Houston, where you can do that. Is it really? Yeah. I did it in Oregon once, and it's very fun. Again, that's like current current day stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to keep it all separate. Um, when we, uh, you know, we, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but oh, I'm, I'm sure we have. We, we haven't talked about it in this podcast. So that house you were talking about um, that you purchased. Yeah. Well, I'm already going to distract myself. The tangent. Um, that's, that's how you met Bernie. Yes. Um, yeah. Because he was, uh, he was like, like we had talked about before. I was a manager at the call center, and he yeah. was like the manager's manager. He was, he was like the vice president yeah. or something. Yeah. He was uh, like a management at there, and your home application came across his desk for I guess like income verification or mm-hmm. something, and um, he thought it was unusual that an hourly call center employee was trying to buy <laughs> a house. Somebody making eight dollars an hour was trying to buy a house. And I mean, what a testament to again, like the kind of the the, the underlying theme of this podcast. How much Austin has changed? Yeah, you were you were a call center employee making eight dollars an hour, and you were buying a house. Yeah, uh, yeah that that probably get me that probably get me stabbed if I told that <laughs> to the wrong person. Now, uh, anyway, um, when we first started Rooster Teeth, I lived with you in that house for for a while, for like a yeah. year, year and a half. Uh, just because when we were starting the company, or when we first started, <laughs> I had I don't know I'd gone on, I'd quit my job and I didn't have one, and I had moved it back in with my parents. And um, so I was living for free and, you know, we kind of started Rooster Teeth and I was, you know, helping remotely with that stuff. And then, you know, as the work increased, I needed to come back to Austin to, uh, I'd moved away very briefly to live with my parents. Yeah, you, you got sick of rolling power outages. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd moved to Puerto Rico for you a couldn't while. Pl- you can play Star Wars. Yeah. Galaxies. Yeah. I'd moved to Puerto Rico for like a year. Uh, spent all my time on the beach, learned how to surf. It was like a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> and, and You can surf? I can surf. Well, I could 20 years ago. Um, and then I moved back to Austin. And since we, we were just starting the company, I'm about to devote all my attention to it. So Jeff very kindly let me live with him for like the first year I came back. So that way I could just focus and have Rooster Teeth as my job full time. Like yeah. didn't have to worry about making rent. It was just like, you know, handling customer service shit, you know, helping get things in order, working on the website. Just like all the minutia that needs to go on in order to launch a company that you needed to launch a company back then. And... Uh, it was a. It, I, I spent. I have a lot of fun memories in that house. I do too. I do too. It was actually you lived. We lived. We lived there together twice because you yeah. lived there before you went to Puerto Rico as yeah. well for a little bit. Um, one of the things that jumps to mind. Uh, I'll, I'll tell the story in a second. Uh, but uh, there was about a four month window when you and I lived together in that post Puerto Rico period yeah. where I was between marriages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it doesn't have anything to do with like relationship, like dating stuff. Just I just wasn't in a relationship with somebody for a very brief window, and I just remember that four months of like living the bachelor life with Gus. It was the only time I'd ever experienced that in my life, and it was so fun and so freeing to just. I, I didn't do anything with no. it other than play video games and drink, but it was just like it was the first time because I got ma- I got in a relationship at eight nineteen and was married by twenty one, and then I was married till I was twenty eight. It was just 29. Being so, an adult child. Yeah. And so it was like, there was just like a four-month period where, like, I woke up at noon. And I had never <laughs> been able to do that before. Because yeah. I'd been in the Army, and then at, tele, uh, at Telenetwork, I had to be at work at 7 a.m. And uh, that, that was really fun. Interesting thing, though, to bring it full circle, Gus is a, mostly vegan. 
I would say a, a mostly vegan, occasionally not. Yeah, I had a, a vegetarian kolache this yeah, morning just because they didn't have any vegan kolaches. But you've been doing this for a while, and I think yeah. you're one one day a week you eat meat or something is how it works? Normally now. I'll eat meat on the weekends. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't eat meat during the week. And uh, But for a while you were strictly vegan for mm -hmm. a long time. When There's Gus, butter in the kolache, when, uh, in, my, in my hand pie too. When Gus moved to Puerto Rico, uh -huh. I was actually vegan at the time. I had gone vegan, and I had been vegan for about three months, and Gus sat me down, and he said, listen, I'm going to Puerto Rico in three weeks. I'm not going to see you again for like a year. I don't know how, when I'll be back. I want to experience all of my favorite restaurants in Austin, and I don't want you to make this difficult on me. <laughs> and I want to do it with my best friend. So can you just not be an asshole for three weeks? And so I was like, you know what? For the next three weeks, I'm going to stop being vegan. I never went back. <laughs> and never went back. Yeah, I, 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 and I would do the same for you. I, and I appreciate it. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I just think it's well, funny now that you're the vegan guy. I, I just uh, Also, it's, it's weird that it was, it, hard to be it was vegan so much then. more difficult to be vegan back then. That's the thing I was going to hit on. It was brutal. Like the, the, the world has changed so much in the last 20, 25 years. Like, I don't know how you did it back then. Nowadays, you go to any place, and even if they're not like a specialty shop, they'll yeah. have a small submenu for people who are vegan or vegetarian. I remember I went to on a like a weekend vacation to New Orleans around that time uh, with my my wife at the time and I almost starved to death <laughs> in that city in like 1998 trying to be vegan. It was impossible. And it's funny to me like uh, I've been, you know, trying to I, I hate saying vegan. I like saying plant-based. Sure. I feel like vegan has a lot of connotations, weight, and a lot of negative yeah. uh, energy. Positive to and it. negative depending yeah. on who's, yeah. Um shit, what was I going to say? Plant-based. Fuck. To I, I, shit I totally. That, I totally. Enough meat in your system. I, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, fuck. It's gone. I, 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 what's pro, what my problem is? I looked over here at all the flies eating the blueberry, and that just so grossed me out it's that I, I couldn't think anymore. Um, Eric, we were talking about this very first house I had that I bought for ninety-two thousand dollars. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you a story you probably have never heard. Okay. About how I lost that house, and then how I got it back. What? So when I I had that house for seven years, met a new lady, fell in love. Got married. We're going to have a kid. I made the mistake of Googling that house or, like, looking that house up on the sexual uh, offender uh, registry list. And within, like, four blocks, there were, like, eight sexual, uh, I don't know, offenders, predators. And I went, well, I'm not raising a kid here, so I got to buy a new house. So I went and bought a new house on the east side and moved over there. But I kept that house because I had always... I had a lot. Some of the people in my family had owned multiple properties. Like I had an aunt that she uh, just rented out houses, and that's how she made a living. And I was always kind of attracted to that idea. And I thought, like, that's how I'll accumulate wealth. I'll just buy a new house every few years, and then I'll rent it out. Good idea, uh, especially in Austin. Looking great back. idea, especially in Austin. Had I been five percent more capable, <laughs> I probably could have had a great career at it. Uh, I sucked very quickly. I couldn't get anybody to rent the first house. I ended up hiring a property manager. Uh, Big mistake, hired the wrong property manager. Won't want to get into that, but he fucking sucked. Uh, anyway, he eventually rented a house to a lady. Uh, it's cool. And then I would just sometimes get rent, and I'd have to, like, I wouldn't get rent for two months, and I'd have to call the property manager. He'd be like, I'm working on it. It was just a nightmare. So, uh, but in that, in that home, it was like a garden home community that had a pool that they shared, so there were HOA fees. The HOA fees were $200 a year. Every December, I would get a bill for $200, and I would mail it off to them. So when I moved... For whatever reason, the property management company didn't, they didn't get my forwarding address. I didn't, maybe I didn't give it to them. I think I did. Or for whatever reason, it got lost in the mail, but I never got that bill. 
that $200 bill. And I just didn't think about it because you don't, who thinks about a $200 bill they get once a year, right? Uh, and I think I sold the house like in April or something. So or I moved in like April or May. So it was. You did, just for clarification, you didn't sell the house. You, I didn't, moved, you moved. I moved to the new yeah. house. Sorry. And so uh, I was going through this process where I was renting it out to this guy. And then uh, I would say that went for like maybe a year, year and some change. And then I didn't receive any rent for like three weeks in a row. And so three I. Three months went, in a row. Three months in a row, sorry. And I went to, so I went to talk to the property manager, and I'm like, what is going on? He goes, I meant to call you. <laughs> I went over, and I talked to the lady to say, hey, you need to pay your rent. And she said, oh, I paid it to the new owner. And I go, what's that mean? And she goes, yeah, somebody else, he, this guy came by, he told me he owns the house now, and so I paid it to him. And so uh, I figured you sold the house. And I was like, when did this happen? And he's like, oh, I talked to her like a month ago. And I'm like, A, you didn't tell me this. For I had to find you to find this out. And B, what the fuck are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I thought it was strange. So I had to go see the lady, and I had to get the number of the guy who she told me owned the house. And I had to call this guy, and he was waiting for my call. But I will say this, really nice guy. He was waiting for my call, and he goes, yeah, I've been waiting for you to call. Here's what happened. You, uh, you didn't pay your, pro your, uh, your homeowners association dues for two years in a row. According to Texas law... If uh, all they have to do is they post the notice at like deep uh, at like a like the county uh, the Travis County appraisal tax assessor's or office yeah. or whatever yeah tax assessor's office he goes they they put it on a wall on a board there and uh, and then if it sits there for six months and nobody comes in to dispute it then uh, your house goes up to auction Whoa. and so I bought your house and now I own your house and I go are you fucking serious what do I do and he goes well. Because I'm a good guy, there's this product project called or this process called reclamation. You have six months to get your house back. I'm required to sell it back to you. Mm -hmm. You just have to pay my legal fees and your legal fees. So then I had to go through a process where I had to hire a lawyer and I had to buy my house from this guy. It cost me eight grand. I had to sell my car because I didn't have eight grand on me at the time. So I had to sell a car to get eight grand to buy my house back because I didn't pay $400 in HOA dues. And they, nobody told me. All they did was post a notice at a building I've never seen before. Right. Like, obviously, they're not going to go through the effort. What? Right. Yeah. And that is state uh, law. I, and I, it's, a, it's a big deal. It happens to a lot of soldiers I will who say, go on deployment. Jeff has a history or had a history with this HOA. <laughs> it's, <laughs> not, it's not like just out of nowhere this happened. Uh, wow. Didn't you threaten to murder yeah, the yeah, HOA yeah, okay. president? So, so yes. So, yes. <laughs> yes. So these houses I had were built like in the 80s. And so there was a notice that came through. The HOA sent it out to everybody in the house and said, hey, look, everybody, your paint looks like shit. Your houses are falling. The, the siding's falling off your houses. Everybody should consider replacing their siding. Everybody should consider replacing. Audio texture. Everybody should consider replacing their siding and painting their houses. And I said, you know what? I'll do that. Fuck it. I got a little bit of money. R RT was just cranking up. You know, I had a little bit of spending money for the first time ever. I wanted to invest in my home. So I got like hardy wood. I remember it was like 10 grand to do my whole house or 12 grand to do my whole house. And, uh, and I was very excited about it. And then I was like, well, I want to paint it. It's Austin. I wanted to paint it like a, a vibrant color. Mm -hmm. You know, like all the houses you see in Travis Heights and Hyde Park. And so you had to submit your paint colors. And I submitted a bunch of paint colors and they rejected them. And I submitted a bunch more and they rejected them. And the third one... I did, they just get more and more boring. I submitted this next batch of like four at a time, and he, they just picked one and said, you can paint your house this color. So I said, are you sure? And they're like, absolutely, we approve. So then I went and I hired a painter, mm -hmm. and I got my house painted that color. A month after I got my house painted that color, I got a notice in the mail from the HOA that said, your house color is unacceptable. We're getting complaints. You need to repaint it. And so I walked over to the president of the HOA who lived five houses down, knocked on his door. I almost, I almost said his name. He opened up his door, 
And he goes, uh, hey, can I help you? And I go, yeah, I got the, what's going on with this? And he goes, oh, yeah, we've been getting complaints. And I go, what, name me one complaint. And he goes, uh, well, uh, uh, we got a call. A lady drove by. Uh, some person drove by the street and said that the house was so offensive, the color was so offensive, she looked up the HOA and called the complaint. Wow. And I go, you just made that up. Uh -huh. And he goes, no. And I go, you absolutely, you, you're telling me that my house's green color that you approved is so offensive, a stranger dr just driving through Austin I on a fucking Saturday sees it and goes, I'm going to look up who the HOA is, if there even is one, at this no neighborhood to complain. As, I was like, as, as a, an unbiased third party, uh -huh. I do want to back up Jeff's claim. It was a boring, bland color. Yeah. There was nothing offensive about it. No, it was just a fucking bog-standard, like, fucking pale green. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I go... And he and I go, so that's a lie. You're fucking lying to me. And he's like, oh, 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 and he gets all stammery. And I go, and plus, like, here's the notice where you told me this was okay. He goes, yeah, it's a, we think it's a different shade, so you're going to need to repaint it. And I go, no, I'm not going to repaint it. And he goes, well, you have to. And I said, Here, how about this? Step out of your house. Come stand in the front yard with me right now, and I'm going to beat you to death. <laughs> I'm going to beat you to death right now. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and he, he goes, excuse me? I go, come outside so I can kick the shit out of you. <laughs> And I am not a violent person. I'm no, a not, not at all. I hate, I abhor violence. It takes, it takes somebody, I don't know, making you spend 15 grand to paint yeah. a house color uh, to then tell you, to, to gaslight you about it uh -huh. uh, a month later to make me angry. And he goes, are you serious? And I go, step in your yard right now. I'm going to, I'm going to take this out on you. And he, and he like, he like ran inside, shut his door. Locked it, and then I never saw him again. And then the paint color thing never came up again. <laughs> Six months later, I moved, and then they got their revenge with the HOA wow. thing later. That's insane. Insane. I do, I do want to comment on responsible Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll call him responsible Jeff. Um, back, you know, we're, just to bring this back to me. Um, <laughs> when, I moved, when I moved back in with Jeff, uh, you know, in the early days of Rooster Teeth, like we said, I was living with him because I didn't want to have to pay rent. And I was trying to live as cheaply as possible. So I bought a very cheap vehicle. Uh, I went to a, uh, like a small car dealership off Lamar. And I bought a 1964 Chevy pickup. Mm. And I thought, well, this is a cheap car. And it's like simple. So I'll just buy like the book on how to fix it. And mm. if it breaks, I can work on it and I can fix it. And I think me buying that old car like kindled uh, a desire in Jeff to also have an old vehicle. Yes. So Jeff wanted uh, like an old Bronco. And after looking for 12 hours, he couldn't find one. So he bought an old truck like me. <laughs> no, that's accurate. That is absolutely accurate. I was, I was dead set on an, a Grand Wagoneer or a Bronco, still am. Uh, looked for half a day and bought the next closest yeah. thing I could find, so, which was a C10. It was, his was a 1967. No, I thought yours was a 65. I think it was a 67, 67? C10 okay. pickup. Uh, my, step my, side. Mine was yeah. a 64. I had tons of problems with my truck. I was it was constantly breaking down. I was constantly fixing it, constantly taking it to a mechanic who knew more than me to like do the stuff I couldn't do and like just learning how to fix it. Um, Jeff, Jeff's truck was for the most part more reliable. Mm -hmm. It eventually did reach a point though where the engine needed to be replaced. <laughs> like it, I don't remember what happened to cause it, but hit the engine in his truck died. So he took it to the shop and paid for a brand new engine. They put well, like like a refurbished, right? Like they they take it. It's not like they pulled it out of a box, brand new. It's like right, they, right. Yeah. They take this engine, they tune it up, fix it, and they put it in his truck. Jeff got this new engine in his truck, took the truck home, parked it in his driveway, and then didn't drive it for two years. What? It sat there. Yeah, that's probably about right. Uh, the every bit of fluid in that vehicle, just like because of gravity, flowed to the bottom. Uh -huh. The tires all rotted. And the engine never worked again. Like, he had 
a new engine put in that truck, drove it home, and that was the extent of the work that new engine did. Because after that, all the oil had gone bad and well, seeped out of it, I, and it, I, it, it never a handful of times. It never turned on again. It did. I definitely. Here's the deal. What I didn't consider was having a 1960s pale blue heat trap yes. with no air conditioning. Uh-huh. And so after my first summer driving around in Austin with it, I was like, I can't. This is. I'm gonna die. I'm going to die on the road from heat stroke. And so I, yeah, I parked it until I had to sell it a yeah. couple of years later. Uh, I got a good deal on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved that truck that I had, that 1964 uh, Chevy. I learned so much. I changed the, the fuel pump out in the street in front of your yeah, house. Yeah. Remember that? Um, uh, and, but like you said, it had no air conditioning. So everywhere I went, I think that year, if I remember right, 1964 was the first year you could buy air conditioning as an option on that truck and it wasn't like it was built into the vehicle it was like a it was like a portable air conditioner that you installed under the dash and just kind of sat there um brutal so everywhere i went i had to drive with the uh the windows down homeless dudes were always trying to get in the back i don't know if you remember that like yeah, you'd stop yeah. at a at a at a stop sign or stop at a red light and there'd be some dude always trying to get in the back and you'd always have to be screaming at them like get the fuck out of my truck wait what do you mean trying to get in the back like they throw their bag in the like, hey, bed of the truck, and then like just start climbing what? in yeah. i have no idea why just something what? about at that time <laughs> something about driving a 1960 chevy pickup in austin meant any dude at the corner could get in your bed and you'd have to yell at them and scream at them to get out to get the fuck out of your truck. I think that's old old remnants of older Austin. Like the Austin that Gus and I didn't experience. Yeah. <laughs> it was it like like it would be funny if it happened once or twice, but it was any time I stopped that truck and there was a dude standing at the corner, he would try to get in. You know what else was was I feel was super super commonplace right when I moved here, right when we started hanging out that died very quickly, uh, within like a year or two years. Is I remember, and I'm not saying we ever did this, but I would say that everybody I know did this. And if you would stop at a stoplight, you'd see it constantly. People used to drink beers and drive in Austin constantly, yeah. just driving around with like a fucking with a Bud Light bottle. And I feel like that was like super commonplace. And then I remember people bitching that cops were starting to crack down on it. And I'm like, yeah. I felt like that honestly was the influence of the smaller towns to the southeast. Like yeah. that was the influence of uh, Highway 71. Yeah. I felt like you saw that a lot driving on Highway 71 southeast of here, like out towards Columbus. If you pass through like LaGrange, mm. Smithville, mm. Um, like all those small towns, that was a lot more common, common out there. So you would see that move over here into Austin. Yeah. Um, now you just see dudes ripping huge hits off of vapes uh, all yeah. the time and driving. Yeah, that's true. But that, that sorry, I got to keep talking about this truck. We're, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm reminiscing about it now. That's what we're here for. That truck got eight miles to the gallon. <laughs> it was brutal. It had eight miles to the gallon, no air conditioner, but it was loud no and fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it had the lap belt. It had, lap mine belt. didn't have seatbelts. Mine, mine did have a lap belt. Uh, it was like, it was made in that time where Seat belts were an option, and if you had the vehicle delivered and it still didn't have seat yeah. belts, you did not have to retroactively put them in. Yeah, uh, mine was delivered from the factory with lap belts, mm. so I had to use uh, lap belts. But it didn't matter if you got into a wreck in that thing; you were dead. Oh yeah, regardless. Like oh, yeah. I remember looking at that steering wheel so often and be like, "Yeah, if I'm in a wreck, this thing's just like going straight through my chest. Like there, this is not safe at all." So you're talking about eight miles to the gallon in a truck that size. How big was that tank, and how much was gas? The tank, if I remember right, was about 15 gallons. Uh, at that time, gas was probably like a buck ten, uh, maybe the, a buck twenty. It was not 
expensive. Yeah. yeah. What is the cheapest you remember gas being in your life? I remember when I moved to, oh, the cheapest I remember in my life would have been like a little kid in Eagle mm-hmm. Pass. I remember seeing it for like 45 cents. Yeah, I remember seeing it for about 60 cents. Um, when I moved to Austin in 98, I lived off of Riverside and there was a, ga- there was a gas station, it was a Diamond Shamrock off of Oldtorf I would go to all the time. It was across from where Wan Fu was. Yeah. I don't know if you know that little area. Um, and the gas there was always 98 cents a gallon. And I remember it was either in 99 or 2000 when it finally went to like 101. I was like, oh, that's it. That's bullshit. Have <laughs> 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 to pay more than a dollar a gallon now. <laughs> now, th- what the national average is like 440. It just hit $4 a yeah. gallon here in Austin. Yep. How? M- it's so funny. You just mentioned Wan Fu. That's a place I haven't thought about in many, many years. It was this Chinese restaurant off of Old Torf. Uh, I don't remember what the cross street there is. Is it Montopolis or it Wickersham? Be. It might be Wickersham. Uh, it might yeah. be before Montopolis. Yeah, that's, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a Chinese restaurant. And I remember when I moved here in 1998, I was like driving around the neighborhood because I was trying to like, get a feel for everything that was in the area. And I drove by Wan Fu, and they had a big banner out front. Uh, and the banner said, we got our liquor license back. <laughs> And I was like, that place, is, that's my kind of place. They were always open. Like, you go there at one in the morning and you could eat at Wan Fu for some reason. They were, yeah, there was like a 24-hour Chinese place. I remember once we were hanging out at my apartment uh, at the Metropolis. I don't know if you remember this. And Texas has weird laws where, like, you can't buy liquor after nine or yeah. uh, you can't buy liquor on Sunday. There's all these weird loopholes. And I think we were hanging out, like, at three in the morning playing video games and we wanted beer. But we couldn't buy beer anywhere. So we told my roommate, we're like, hey, go to Wan Fu and see if they'll sell you a six-pack. Because I remembered, I remembered the, we got our liquor license back sign. And I thought, these dudes play ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my roommate didn't really have any, yeah. like, he wouldn't get embarrassed by shit. So I was like, just go down there, see if they'll sell you a six-pack. Was this Frank? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he came back with a six-pack. Awesome. He showed up like at three in the morning. He, came, he went to Wan Fu like at three in the morning, bought a six-pack of beer, and brought it back to our apartment. <laughs> That place, because you know we were poor tech support kids, so it was like six dollars, kind of, kind of like uh, mountains of food restaurant. And the thing I remember most about that place is it was always it felt damp. It was it was humid in that restaurant, and the floor was wet. Yeah, it was carpet. It was a carpet, and the carpet was always soggy. So but it was cheap. That place was prolific, actually. Like that was Wan Fu over there. They had Wan Fu too for a long time yeah. on Barton Springs Road. Over there, like where uh, kind of next surfboard shop. Yeah, it's like next to that where Chewy's is. Like right next to it, 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 it was like this fifty style diner building, mm-hmm. and Wan Fu Two was in there. And they also had a, a, a food truck for a while off of Duval. I don't know if you know that. Like, I didn't know that. Like over in Hyde Park, uh-uh. it was Wan Fu Three, and then they closed the food truck and moved over there uh, off of Airport in Guadalupe. It's a uh, it's a Chinese restaurant now, China Family. That was Wan Fu Three for a while. Really, yeah. I didn't know that. And then Wan Fu One and Two closed, and Wan Fu Three was the only one that was open for a long time. Then they raised her rent or whatever, it became a Korean restaurant. And I believe the woman who ran Wan Fu at the time uh, ended up going to like off of. Mopac and Palmer, like out behind the fries, uh-huh. and she moved Wan Fu over there. I don't know if it's still there anymore. That's so far. I never go out there. Wow. Fries. Wow, I haven't been that far up in a long time. Jeez. Yeah, well, I was I was impressed because that building on Barton Springs where they put Wan Fu Two was like one of those cursed locations where it's everything for six months, and then it's like you look at it and you're like, well, enjoy the three months of uh, being in business because yeah. you'll be gone soon. And then Wan Fu Two managed to stick around they for were there a while. For a while, yeah. I think that building's gone now. Yeah, that building's totally gone. I think, I think that's where. Uh, there's like little food trucks now. That's where that accident was a couple months ago. Oh, when somebody hit Hollow Mode. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's I heard about that. Uh, that's that's where 
Wanfu 2 building used to be. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that now it's like there's just no building. There's just food truck. Like having food trucks there is more profitable than having a, a building and a business. That's crazy. Um, we're right around 50 minutes, so oh. I, I want to start wrapping up. Okay. But, I, don't even, um, I don't even know what we talked about today. Yeah, well, we talked about a lot of things, about the uh, I-35 expansion, about First Thursday. We talked about the Austin Chronicle. We talked about Punch Club. We have blueberry pies. <laughs> we do have some blueberry hand pies. This is a crazy episode. This was, a, this was all over the place. Over I, learned, the I learned that Gus can surf. Um, <laughs> so we have some guesses from people on the Twitter, because oh. we still don't know oh, the name right. of the podcast. The Twitter. The Twitter. On the Anma Twitter, at Anima Podcast. Um, uh, with this is AOI underscore O underscore SO says a new morning Austin. Uh, I like that. Is that how's that guess? Is no, that no. no? Okay. Uh not Kapuru says, is it a new mysterious Austin? Hmm. I don't think there's much mystery mystery about the new Austin though, mm-hmm. but good guess. I agree. Uh, but so so it's not that. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Um Jeff, do you have a guess? Uh I'll throw one more guess out there. Okay. How about uh Austin? No, man. Austin. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a really that's good. a really that's good really one. Good. One of these days, I should just say yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> to like a good one. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that lifelong love affair with David Lynch. What, what, I thought you were talking about the restaurant. Uh, no, <laughs> we can talk about the restaurant. At some point <laughs> uh, Eric, you and I were talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I worship the ground David Lynch walks on, except for Inland Empire, which right. is unwatchable. The worst movie uh, I've ever seen. Yeah. However, uh, you saw Straight Story for free. I did. Like, I did. From the I, did Chronicle. Saw I did not go with you to see Straight Story. Wow. So good. I love Straight Story. Anyway, uh, I was thinking about Twin Peaks just the other day and how David Lynch never wanted to solve the murder of Laura Palmer. Yeah. Like it was never intended. ABC forced him to solve, to wrap that up. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ruined Twin Peaks. And I mean, it was cool, but then it made season two right. uh, rudderless for a while. Uh, maybe we just don't ever answer this question. I, I'm. I want to keep making guesses, and if we never find out, we never find I'm out. I'm okay with never knowing. Yeah. The answer. If, if I can, I, I want to reinforce something I said before about the name. Doesn't make sense. Right. It's like something my mind came up with in a dream. It's like, dream logic. All of these are very A N M A. Yep. It's not like that. <laughs> there is no word in anma that starts with the letter n okay we learned that last time that the first word is like an like it starts with an an and we and and we're still making these guesses of an i also don't think man's austin (laughs) (laughs) new austin's not mine anymore from adam ursher that's 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 a good that's a that's a that's a very good that might be the best one yeah i think that's uh, we have a lot of good guesses on on the twitter so definitely put yours out there i man (laughs) man's austin Austin needs more airports from Jimmy Booth. I think that that's a very good guess. The airport Austin that we have is too airports. small. I, dr- I drove by Executive Airport the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. Were you hoping to see uh, a former president or uh, what? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, this is more RT podcast talk, but I'm preparing to take my pilot exam. And oh. I'm going to be taking it at Executive. Well, there you go. I think that's great. Well, uh I think we did it. I think we got another episode in the books. This was a good one. All right, there might be there might be another one we do before we wrap this project up. Yeah. <laughs> I still I was thinking uh, on the way over here. Uh, we still haven't really like we could probably do episodes on ugly internet and drunk gamers. Oh, we still haven't talked Just about covering those. God the the death threats. The death threats. Yeah, our introduction to internet. Uh, well, we haven't even ta- you know we haven't talked about. Hmm. We haven't talked about the handshake. Oh yeah. Yeah, and how this all started. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I guess you'll have to tune in for another episode of Austin's Not Mine Anymore. G- guess, send us your guess for what shitty Tex-Mex restaurant did this all start in. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us at Animo Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can put your guesses there. Uh, the Instagram, not so... Uh, useful because we don't take it. I took some pictures on this one and the last one, but I had to find some old pictures of you guys. Those are some old pictures uh, of you guys. Awful. We've been around yeah. for a thousand years. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, good job. Any uh, parting words on this episode? I, I just want to point out that picture of us recording audio that you posted, yeah. that was not taken with the crotch camera. That was a different camera. <laughs> it was around that time, but it was not that camera. I would also like to point out, seeing all these old photos, that in comparison to the people we started the company with, we look pretty good. Yeah. We're, we're, you yeah look, we've aged oh, well. You look great. We've aged well. That picture of us recording audio, that was in your house that got taken from you. Yeah, that was. That was, that the was in the living room of that house. Stolen from me in the yeah. middle of the night. I'll say bye. Bye. bye.